Hello and welcome to World Travel Essential, produced by Allmont Global and brought to you in association with Forbes Travel Guide and Share Care. I'm Richard Barnes. This week we have a special spotlight on the Maldives, where it's safe to say that it's not just the same old. We'll be talking to Hummingbird CEO Alex Chambers about an amazing new cultural tour of the Maldives. And Mary Gostado takes us to one of her favorite properties in the islands. But now to the essentials. At the recent luxury block events in Prague, I was very surprised to see a, a really interesting tour being put forward by Hummingbird Travel. Why is it interesting? It's, it's a cultural and historical tour of the Maldives. This really grabbed me because people think of the Maldives as a, probably a, you know, a one-stop destination. And I thought, wow, this, this is really different. So on the line, I have Alex Chambers, CEO of Hummingbird. Uh, hi and, and welcome to the show, Alex. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Good to be here. This, as, as we said, now I, I know you're specialist uh, in the islands, and uh, you've been you've been working there for some time. Tell me a little bit about this, um, the cultural and historical tour of the Maldives. It's the brainchild of Thomas, who you've met. Um, it's totally undiscovered, undeveloped um, from foreign eyes, and as you know, Maldives is just it's a honeymoon destination. It's now a family destination. It's the, one of the premier luxury destinations on the planet. Unfortunately, most of the resorts offer pretty unsatisfying local experiences. Um, Thomas has done, done a lot of research, uh, working with the local communities and local experts. And of course, Maldives has a fascinating cultural heritage. Um, and it's just diving down a bit deeper, exploring it. Luxury guests have to go a little bit outside their comfort zone. If they're staying on local islands, you're not going to get any five-star accommodation. But you get a fantastically authentic Maldivian feel, which you simply won't get anywhere else. So this is the sort of thing, for example, where someone could do perhaps a, a one-week stay on an island, chill out, do all the things you do, and then perhaps carry on with something like that. Is, is, is this something that people can do? Exactly. Uh, combining with a resort is best, or combining with a luxury liverboard, a boat, the Four Seasons Explorer, the Azalea, something like this. For example, if you go down to the equator, you have Formula Island. Um, it's a totally different part of the Maldives. It's a much larger island. It's got farms. It's got marshland. It's got freshwater lakes. It's got even forests, tiger shark diving. But importantly, is this thriving local culture, um, a, a city on the island. And you just get this little viewpoint of the Maldives that's simply impossible to get on a, a resort island. Now, I've seen one itinerary that you're presenting. It's a, for example, a, a nine-day, eight-night itinerary uh, going to uh, Gili, Lankanfushi, uh, Fairmont, and Hideaway. Um, and that, so, for example, you spend a few days on each island, um, very different types of uh, uh, destinations, uh, beginning, of course, with North Mali Atoll, um, and, and then overnighting in Gili, Lankanfushi. Uh, tell me first about the, the uh, Lankanfushi uh, island and, and, and what people can find there. Gili Lankanfushi, the resort, um, it was one of the first barefoot uh, Robinson Crusoe islands, I guess. So it's still top luxury, uh, very pretty, uh, very stylish, elegant, very stripped back. They take your shoes off as you uh, get to the resort and you don't see them again for a week. Um, and it's just differentiates itself from other resorts by just this by specialising in understated luxury. So it's just beautiful wood. Um, a lot of the villas 
don't have air-conditioned living rooms, which people like. It's not authentic Maldives, but crucially, you have the butler services, you have some rooms with the private pools, the food is some of the best I've ever had in the Maldives, and everything you'd expect in terms of a luxury resort, uh, an underground wine cellar, uh, tennis courts, swimming pool, etc., etc. But they just do it, along with, I'd say, Sonoma Fushi uh, and Six Senses Lamu, uh, they excel in that slightly more understated barefoot chic. Mm. Now, this is the stopping off point for a tour of Mali City, uh, where people can see the National Museum, the Friday Mosque, the Tomb of Al-Babari, um, this kind of thing. What kind of uh, experiences can people see in the city and, and why should they, they visit this city in particular? Mali is an incredible place. Uh, it's extraordinary. It's an assault on the senses. I think that it's now the most densely populated place on the planet, or it's very close to you anyway. And just the explosion of, of development and uh, and just simply people coming in. So it's the hustle and bustle, um, little alleyways. Uh, you get the old fish market, the, the fruit and veg market. Um, and there's a museum and then the mosque, of course. But it's just walking around and just seeing this place that is, I think, pretty unique. Um, when I first went there in 1988, uh, I think there was one paved road, Majidi Magu in the middle. The highest building was the Bank of India. I think it was two stories. And now, as you see from the pictures, it's just all these high-rise blocks. But you dive a bit deeper um, and you just see uh, down little alleyways, little old Maldives are still there. It is rapidly going, unfortunately, but there are little parts of the island um, which do give you that sense of old Mali and how it was. The one of the next stops is the Fairmont Maldives. Um, the 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 interesting thing about this is it's it's not just a, an average stop on a, on another beautiful resort. There are other things to see there. The Fairmont, yeah, they have this um, corollarium. Uh, I don't know if you've heard about it. It's uh, it's quite interesting. Um, a bit of controversy there too. I think originally is that the Maldives government weren't so keen on a supposedly idolatrous statues. Uh, it being uh, a very Islamic country. But uh, it is interesting. It's a fantastic family resort. Again, very understated. Nice use of wood. It's a large island. Um, but uh, it's the diving as well around there. It's absolutely fantastic um, in that part of the Maldives. The diving and the snorkeling is really, really superb. Mm. Uh, Maroshi Island, which is uh, just next to uh, the Fairmont Maldives, uh, has some uh, interesting spots to visit as well. The, the mangroves there where... Uh, uh, a, a famous Portuguese uh, uh, pirate uh, hid out. Is that correct? Yes, that is correct. That's Thomas's research again, the history buff that he is. Um, again, it was this, this, the history of the Maldives. You know, in the, a thousand years ago, um, it was uh, a largely Buddhist country. Um, as expected, uh, on the sailing routes from India to Africa, it's a real hodgepodge of cultures. Uh, Islam came, I think, in the 11th century. But then, of course, the Portuguese, the Dutch, then inevitably the British. We've all come and gone um, and left our little remains there. Down in Ghana, uh, was an RAF base for many years. We still see uh, a semblance of, of what's there. And uh, still anyone over the age of about 60 definitely has something to do with the old air station and or worked there in the canteen or something like that. So, yeah, all across Maldives, you'll see little bits of, of, of ancient heritage. But it is, at the end of the day, a very Islamic country. Um, Islam has been there for, I think, I think about a thousand years. So it's interesting. Um, you just have to dive quite deep to find those little treasures, uh, as Thomas has. Now, the next step, or one of the next steps, is Hideaway Beach Resort and Spa, which is right next to Uthima Island, 
which has the Gandavaru Palace. Um, it's the uh, birthplace of Gandavaru and was the home of Sultan Mohammed. Uh, I'm probably getting the name wrong, uh, Thakur Thakur uh, one of the most revered heroes in Maldivian history. Again, this sounds like an amazing stopover. So uh, these kinds of um, visits and these kinds of uh, um, cultural, uh, I guess you would say, insertions, I mean, really, really digging, as you said, deep into the, into the local culture, this makes this a very different kind of tour. Absolutely. Yeah, and he's a complete hero. Um, read the Maldives of the colonial yoke, um, and a bit of a legend has, has sprung up around it. Uh, but it, it's actually interesting in recent years, uh, so that historical side of things, but the cultural side of things as well is really on the increase. And, um, it, you know, in recent years, for high-end uh, guests of the agents listening that have done all the plunge pools, they've done all the butler services, they've done all the luxury resorts, actually we found ourselves getting in local experts, um, uh, pottery, painters, uh, people reviving old uh, Maldivian cultural um, institutions and heritages. And it's just, I think, a slight revival that's happening and obviously led by the Maldiv Maldivians themselves, but um, uh, interest from, uh, from tourists. And it's just, again, giving people another side uh, of the Maldives. And that actually extends to local personalities. Um, we're, we know a guy called Sandy, who was the first dive master in the Maldives. Um, and a bit of a hippie, fantastic guy, very inspirational and amazing for children and that educational side and obviously passionate about the underwater life, which is so key to the Maldives, that environmental aspect and um, the, the ecological aspect and how Maldives, um, it, they still fish in the same way they've always fished. The only difference are diesel engines, really, with barbless hooks, uh, no nets. So the balance is still there. And obviously having a, a local uh, diver who understands it better than any of these very slick Swiss or German uh, dive instructors you get in the Maldives, as impressive as they are. But again, bringing in these local personalities is something we're doing more and more, and uh, we really recommend it. Now, still in the islands, and, and another uh, really interesting offer, offering that I've seen that you've, you've developed is in the Seychelles, where uh, now you've also developed in, in this spot a treasure hunt, and that's a really different kind of tour. Tell, can you tell me a little bit about this tour? The legend of the French pirate um, who uh, deposited hundreds of millions worth of dollars of treasure somewhere in the Maldives and crucially left clues, uh, which is great fun. Uh, and I think there's still uh, people out there spending far too much money genuinely trying to find this treasure. Uh, what we can do is follow the clues um, uh, to the supposed treasure without ever, unfortunately, finding it as yet. Um, but it just gives a lovely insight into Seychelles, something away from the normal fun but sanitised excursions the destination has to offer. And it's something a little bit unique, something a little bit different. And you never know, one day we might find it. <laughs> There's all the clues there anyway, so people people can probably... Now, I wouldn't mind coming over and having a look myself. Alex, um, these tour ideas, like I said, th this really makes uh, a visit to... Uh, these island destinations, something really different. Um, are you, as far as you know, the only people doing these kinds of tours? As far as I know, we are. Um, it's, it's just being a little bit more creative. We're seeing that with our Sri Lanka operation as well. Sri Lanka was getting very busy. Um, these fantastic sites you have in all these destinations, Maldives, Seychelles, Sri Lanka. Um, and just that natural influx of tourism, uh, the, the, these destinations are getting very popular. 
as a DMC, we're having to be more creative and having to think outside the box. And we're lucky to have a fantastic team in Thomas and Sankar and Sri Lanka and Mai um, that come up with these ideas um, with the help of, crucially, local partners on the ground. Now, obviously, you can work hand in hand with uh, luxury travel advisors to uh, work out itineraries for their clients. Do you, now, I've seen some set itineraries, but uh, I'm sure you do bespoke itineraries as well. I would say they're all bespoke, really. We, there's an outline, which you've seen. Um, uh, every client's demands are a little bit different um, and we can follow a framework, but it's really talking to the agents and figuring out exactly what their clients want, what their needs are, uh, ultimately what their objectives are um, for their holiday. And really it is all absolutely bespoke, yes. What's the feedback been like uh, from agents up until this point? Obviously you've, you've met with some agents, you've been talking to them. How's feedback been so far? It's been very good. If I'm honest, the cultural side of the Maldives is a tougher sell, uh, but it's definitely getting there, and especially with those local personalities. We've done a lot of fun things as well, and that's you know, crazy treasure hunts in the Maldives, uh, kids' treasure hunts as well, bringing in magicians, bringing in um, I mean, all sorts of personalities as well to bring this thing alive. So that's the slightly more frivolous, fun side of things. What we're talking about is the more cultural side, the historical side. Slowly, slowly, it's getting a bit of traction, and I think... Um, it's getting traction mostly because, as I said earlier, that it's that desire to get away from stuff they've already done, which, as fantastic as it, as it is, Maldives is going to be popular for a long time, as is Seychelles. And I think especially in this COVID, post-COVID world uh, we live in, it just lends itself very well um, to ideas of you know, health and safety and getting away from it all, etc. So I think we can only go one way and we can explore and tailor make these experiences um, as we go. Absolutely. Finally, Maldives is getting away from the simple sea and sun and sand uh, concept and a bit of diving along with it. Uh, people being able to add in so much more now, I think that's really important. Alex, uh, thanks for taking a bit of time to talk to us today. Absolute pleasure. Thank you for having me. Well, now time to take a close-up look at one of the most spectacular properties in the Maldives. And for that, luxury travel guru Mary Gostelow is going to take us there. Hi, this is Mary Gostelow, and I am sharing with you details of lovely Patina Maldives Fari Islands. Now, it's interesting that the GM, Marco Den Uden, doesn't believe in Googling people. And this undoubtedly helps attract real top-flight celebs. Look, says the charismatic Dutchman, a would-be artist who was diverted to hospitality, privacy is an important reason why knowledgeable travellers choose to stay here than el rather than elsewhere in the Maldives. Patina only opened mid-May 2021, but it's already on many world best lists. It occupies all of a 41-hectare island, one of four of the Fari Islands in the North Mali Atoll, a 50-minute speedboat from Mali International Airport. It's attracting multi-generational families and small groups, say girlfriends in the 32 to 52 year old age range, but whatever, this is for young at heart and active people. Premium is the 1,800 square meter beach house. Two floors, three bedrooms, sleeping up to nine. 
comes with a 21-metre-long pool and a gorgeous beach. Patina also has 90 other pool villas, obviously much smaller, um, sizes beginning 240 square metres. And there are also 20 beach studios with no pools. You can opt for full board or a la carte, but most popular is the half board. Alcohol is extra, by the way. There are 12 eating venues in all, including the increasingly popular plant-based roots. Try its best-selling butternut squash ragu with caramelised onions and Asian herb crumble. Breakfast, such a vital element for some, including me, is buffet or served, health through to heavy carb. You will have soon another seven dining options when a sibling hotel, Capella Maldives Fari Islands, opens in 2023 on another island five minutes away by non-stop Doni shuttle. You can charge wherever. Among the many pattern of freebies, incidentally, are welcome bubbles, daily gelato, evening cocktails and campfire marshmallows, plus bikes, paddle bowls, laundry, kids club, and whenever you know you need it, reboot gym, which is open 24-7. Groups of girlfriends might well, I suspect, spend lots of time luxuriating around a pool, smothering elegant cheeks in Heichel's eco-marine face cream while chewing bespoke nutritional lozenges from Melissa Snova's Nourished Company. Marco Denuden seems deliberately to have gone for 2021 lifestyle products from small companies rather than old traditionals. He says he did the same when choosing the house champagne, Duval Leroy Femme de Champagne Grand Cru Brew. He researched the family-owned house and admired not only its vivacious taste, but the fact it has been run since 1991 by Carol Duval-Leroy. When it comes to bubbles in bottles, he searches minutely. When it comes to bubbly people, the general manager of Patina in the Maldives respects their privacy. Thanks, Mary. That just about wraps up this edition of World Travel Essential, brought to you in association with Forbes Travel Guide and ShareCare, and produced by Allmont Global, with very special thanks to my producer, Yarrow. This is Richard Barnes saying thanks for joining us this week. Looking forward to catching you same time next week. 